The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel is now partnering with the Mazodcast, offering you the best Mizzou gear on the market. All you have to do is enter the promo code Mizzou, and you'll get 20% off your entire purchase. So do it now. Home Field Apparel, the best stuff you can get. The football season is in full swing, and Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use our promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, Colin, we have yet another football game coming, despite it being the middle of December. That's what I'm told. Georgia is coming to Missouri, even though we had senior night last weekend. We have another home game because that's how weird the schedule is. I don't know what you think about this Georgia game, Colin. I mean, we don't need it for this to be considered a successful season, but if he could beat number six in the country, Georgia Bulldogs, Drinkowitz would be sealing his name in the coach of the year record books right this is it for him well yeah who could argue against it at that point yeah so my question i guess is can we even beat georgia i really thought we could after they'd just gotten beat by florida and they didn't know who their quarterback was going to be now they seem to be getting that all together and yeah they have a passing game again suddenly which is unfortunate for us it really is and they're just bigger and stronger and faster than us in all ways anyway and so i like them having no sort of rudder and no quarterback yeah this jt daniels who's you know behind center now like, I don't know how we're going to stop them. We couldn't stop Arkansas. Our defense played as badly last week as it has. You'd, I have questions about whether our defense can hold up to the Georgia assault. I think what really the question is, is how will, will Mizzou do? Because Mizzou has scored points against bad defenses, you know, mm-hmm. i.e. LSU and Arkansas. But most of the season, our defense has been, or offense has been sort of effective, but not 
explosive by any means. So yeah, we do seem to have, like the, we're gonna have to score some points against Georgia if we're going to have any chance to win this game. No, I agree. And I do think that we're the kind of offense that really can exploit middling teams, but can get shut down fairly easily by good teams. A very different offense than we're running now because it was under Sean Robinson against Alabama. We put up 17 points, which was respectable. But this is an Alabama kind of caliber team we're dealing with again. And mm-hmm. I'm I think we're going to get points here and there. You know what I mean? If we can get in the 20s, I think then it becomes – that's when we are starting to ask more of our defense than what we've seen recently. It's yeah. going to be tough to keep the score down in this game for Georgia. And I think if we can keep it a low-scoring game, I think that's in our favor. Why? I, I mean, yeah, that's – ultimately maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I, I feel like if Mizzou's going to have any chance to win this game, they're going to have to score 35 points plus. Yeah, well, that's I guess that's ultimately what I mean is that, yeah, obviously, you have to outscore your opponent to win games. That's pretty much day one. But I think it's going to be a lot easier. (sighs) Our defense is capable of having a really good day once in a while. I think our offense is capable of about 24 points. And so if our defense can step up and do a thing that they do once in a while... And they have been good on occasion. Our secondary has been good on occasion. If you know, if Saturday is that occasion, then 24 points might be enough. Well, I think this week we're going to discover what Mizzou truly is. Are they with a team that scored a bunch of points against Arkansas, or are they a team that is, as you say, in that 20s, uh, mid-20s point range? Because the one thing that I saw last week against Arkansas was our offensive line played markedly better than it had basically the entire season. Well, we got two guys and we, back. And we, and we scored 50 points. And yeah. so this will be the f- second game in a row where we theoretically have all our offensive linemen. So I hope that sort of mid-20s expectation was based off of the fact that base black was under a lot of pressure and the holes weren't as wide open because we were struggling at offensive line. And last week we didn't. So I'm hoping that I'll be pleasantly surprised against Georgia because our offensive line will be effective and we'll score a lot of points against them and maybe catch Georgia sleeping a little bit. Well, and I know we face some epically bad defenses. Obviously, one coached by Barry Odom, the other being a Vanderbilt. Doesn't get much worse than that as a one-two nope. defensive punch. So our offense has had the opportunity to, and they have had a field day with those two defenses. But I'm hoping that this is not a mirage because of how bad those opponents are. But like, I feel like our receiving core is really starting to find an identity. And I feel like Beatty and Roundtree are sort of just in full bloom right now. You know what I mean? They're at the height of their powers and are so acutely aware of every situation and every move they make is better than everybody else. They're playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. I do think our offense looks really good. It's like you said, just is it a mirage because of the competition or are we really singing along right now and things are going well? Well, and that's what I mean. We'll, we'll, we'll probably find some of those answers this weekend against Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want Mizzou to win. You want Mizzou to win. Caleb wants Mizzou to win. Ultimately, though, Caleb wants Kirby Smart to lose. This is his most important thing because Kirby Smart wears a visor. <laughs> that is true. We'll address that with Caleb the Greek later. We've got him and we've got Andrew Stevens from Armchair Media to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs and where they stand today and how that's different than when we were supposed to have played them a month ago. So why don't we get into that now, Colin? M-I-Z. Brennan, hold on. I want you to ask Caleb the Greek a question for me. Okay. What would his response to be to a man wearing a jersey and a visor? 
Just see, just see where he goes with that. I okay, okay well, I'd I don't like want him to overheat. But if I'm going to be the messenger of this, I would like to know: is this just a civilian we're talking about, or is he talking about somebody who's like a part yeah, of the team who has a a role? Just on a the- civilian, a, a, a person who you might walk into a store who's wearing a other uh, a sports team's jersey and a visor. And you want me to the ask guy who's Caleb on his way to the game? And you want me to what ask Caleb thinks of that outfit? <laughs> yeah, okay, what he what he thinks of that outfit, or what he would do to this individual. Let's say he goes to a football game, yeah, and the guy sitting next to him is in the sports jersey of the opponent right. and a visor. Okay. How does he react to said situation? Yeah, how does Caleb react to that situation? I will pass this message along. <laughs> Please do. All right. Now, can we do this M-I-Z? Z-O-U. That's right. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. It don't get no better than that, man. He's lacked up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's gonna jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left, it's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazzotcast. Joining us now is Director of Armchair Media, Andrew Stevens. This is our second go-around at trying to get a conversation going about the Missouri-Georgia game. It looks like it's going to happen this time. Welcome aboard, Andrew. They really don't want us having this conversation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I think there's a lot of people who maybe don't care about the conversation outside of uh, Athens, Georgia, and Columbia, Missouri. It's not uh, a game that's going to mean anything as far as the, who's going to win the SEC East. Our only hope, knowing that Georgia was as talented as they are compared to Missouri, was that they would be not motivated. But I don't know if that's the case now. We've got JT Daniels looking good and probably motivated to show that he can lead this Georgia football team in the future. No, no, no. I mean, and uh, from a Georgia fan's perspective, people were joking that, well, maybe some cancellation games would uh, not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
allow Daniels to put out enough tape after that Mississippi State game to end up going pro after after half a season. But I'm viewing kind of these last two and really post Florida as like almost just preseason for 2021. Uh, I've kind of described this in the past, but it, it feels a lot like like college football this year feels a lot like I think the way that uh, the MLB is kind of treated where it's it's extremely regional and that like you care about your team and you watch your team. But as for like the scope of college football or the scope of the entire sport, um, you kind of don't really pay attention as like uh, if someone's a Braves fan, they may not necessarily know what's going on in the day to day in like the AL West or something. Just kind of like I mean, I saw today that apparently uh, Northwestern is playing in the Big Ten championship because um, they're recreating every single one of the rule structures to cater to Ohio State. So like while I do care about like seeing how Georgia does in depth chart wise, like it, it really is tough to get invested in something like this. <laughs> I do think that they're in better shape. I mean, it's better for Georgia to play this game. I guess I think they're in better shape now than they were a month ago when nobody knew who the quarterback of Georgia was going to be. They'd just gotten beat badly by Florida and had taken any chance they had of making it to the SEC title game away. I feel like that was a low point and it would have been a really good time for Missouri to catch Georgia. But I feel like, like you said, maybe they're preparing for next year. They've got themselves a quarterback they're excited about finally i think the advantages that missouri might have had at one time are just gone and i don't know i mean how, how what are georgia's weaknesses right now how does missouri possibly win against this team I mean, I think you have the on the field issues in terms of like what you could exploit. So the secondary right now, um, Richard LeCount is obviously still out. And I think that you've seen just the like, I think leadership is in, is a large intangible. But like when you're talking about this is the signal caller of your defense, this is like your senior leader of the defense. And when you prior to the Florida game, I think it was against Kentucky, he went down and then the two senior starting defensive tackles, Julian Rochester and Jordan Davis also went down and so I think after that game you you kind of saw that one there were exploitable areas on on the Georgia defense but two this is really a program that like everyone on this team right now every game that they have played outside of the sugar bowls of the last two seasons every game was tracking towards winning a conference title or winning an SEC or winning a national championship. So like from 2017, 2018, 2019, every single game that these guys have played in the back of their mind, there is SEC or national championship implications. And so when you, when you discuss intangibles, that's something that I would be a little bit interested to, to hear more about is, or see how that fleshes out is like, how much does this team care about what's going on right now? How much does this team care that like, not only is this a COVID season, but this is a COVID season that the best that they can finish is eight and two in the regular season. And so like, I don't think Georgia will come in just sleeping, but I mean, we have seen how weird these games against Missouri have been in the past. And so it would not shock me if even with Daniels and the, the aforementioned offensive improvements that like Georgia just looks kind of sluggish because of the motivation of this game. It's hard to know what Missouri is this year. Obviously, they're much better than a lot of people thought they'd be this season, but the game against Arkansas that they won on the last second field goal, they had a great offense and their defense couldn't stop anybody. In the games, two games prior to that, they had a great offense, shut Vanderbilt out. Obviously, Vanderbilt's terrible, but anyway, played well against Kentucky and South Carolina. You know, Georgia's offense 
was good on the ground and is getting better through the air, I think our fear is that we won't be able to stop Georgia at all because whatever they are, they're going to be better than Arkansas. And the defense looks so good for us too. You know, I don't see us putting up 50 against Georgia. It just, it just seems like a bad matchup regardless of whether Georgia has got their head in the game or not. Yeah. And, and I mean, what, what I think, and this is, I think what's, what's bit Kirby against some better teams is they really have the ability to kind of get a, 10 to 14 point lead and then just sit on you if they want, just because when you recruit the offensive line, the way that you do, when you recruit running backs, the way that you do, like when you try and replicate what Alabama did from call it 2009 to the pre lane Kiffin era, that first year, the lane Kiffin era, then I I think that you really start to win a lot of games boring, but you still win a lot of games. And I think that's kind of the the push and pull with a lot of the Georgia fan base right now is, I mean, Georgia won 33 games over the course of the 17, 18, and 19 regular seasons. I mean, dropped one game that they probably shouldn't have each year. And so it's sort of this back and forth between like, well, we shouldn't have dropped those three games that year, but also like, how many fucking teams get to say that they've won 33 regular season games over a course of three seasons. And so there is certainly this give and take where, where, where Georgia wants to be like, like, if you're the third or fourth or fifth best team in the country, the only thing that you care about is being the best team in the country. And so everything is going to seem like a disappointment. And, and I think that a lot of this is going to sort of be internal messaging right now as to how you are going to make a game that hasn't not, not saying the Missouri game historically hasn't mattered, but this season, how, how are you, how are you going to sort of react and uh, operate in two games that ultimately I don't think can do anything except get some Speaking of that, is there anybody who is out either for COVID reasons, injury reasons, or otherwise sitting out for uh, the draft that Missouri fans need to be aware of? And if so, how will they impact the game on Saturday? Not that I know. Now, I'm going to be fully transparent. I've stopped really paying attention to like the COVID side of things, if you will, just because they could announce tomorrow morning that for whatever reason, the game isn't being played. And it doesn't seem that there is any standard protocols as to who sits out for what period of time. It seems as if the Nick Sabans and the Trevor Lawrence's of the world, their quarantine period for whatever reason seems to be a little bit shorter than maybe your sixth or seventh guy uh, at a, at a positional depth chart. And so from that perspective, I, I don't think that there is any COVID absences, but like I mentioned before, there is going to be a couple of issues on the defense. Um, I I could be wrong, but I believe Georgia's starting center Trey Hill has sort of what you will see some of is I think he had a little bit of a nagging injury and was just like, I'm shutting it down for the season because he's a, a, now this is his third year, call it his junior year, whatever eligibility wise he'll be next year, but end up going pro. And so I, I think he is the Georgia starting center is the only one out right now that isn't out for like a typical injury reason, or it is a typical injury reason, but I would imagine if there was an SEC championship on the line, we would see him again this year. And for those of you wondering or listening, Andrew is building a treehouse while we're conducting this interview right now. Yeah, I, I am really uh, apologetic about that. I'm 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 moved <laughs> recently from Baton Rouge to New Orleans, and I clearly have some new neighbors that I need to smite. <laughs> no, it's no problem. Well, I mean, I guess what are you what are your prediction for this game? I know, like, it, just in t- talking to you, I can tell that the game isn't you know the most 
pressing thing in the world in the college football season as a Georgia person. But uh, that being said, they're a good football team. And as good as Missouri is, winning this game seems unlikely. What is your prediction for this? Like, what do you think the final is going to look like? I think uh, because I I do trust Daniels, at least in the way that the offense has come to operate, because he was ultimately the quarterback that they wanted this entire time. Jamie Newman was that grad transfer in from from Wake Forest. He initially had the job, but then Daniels transferred in and he ended up saying, I'm just going to end up sitting this season out. I, I don't have like official word on why that was, but I think the thought at the time was Daniels is our guy, but we just have to get him healthy. He had a, a setback from an ACL surgery, yada, yada, yada. And then since that setback happened and Newman wasn't there, you ended up in this Dewan Mathis, Stetson Bennett, whatever fiasco. I, I trust George's offense enough and sort of what I've seen over the last couple of days, but I know that it's dumb to track back to previous years as an indicator of what is going to happen in this game, but I could see it getting a little bit wonky. Like I could see like a, I don't know, like a 44-28 type, like a little bit higher scoring than Georgia fans would like. Because a big thing that they've struggled with, especially since the the secondary has gotten hurt, is the getting beat over the top. And so if Missouri has the ability, I mean, Florida obviously did it. Even Arkansas hit on a big play. Um, Mississippi State was able to hit on a couple of big ones. Like, I think that if you're able to get vertical without any real safety help, that you may be able to pick up just a cheap touchdown or two. And I think that's going to kind of be the difference in, in how Georgia ends up operating. Because like I was saying earlier, Georgia ends up getting up in this game 14-0 or somehow in the first quarter. They're just going to sit. And so they're going to then run the ball probably end up finishing the game, whatever, 27 to seven or something in those, in those, in that range. But if they end up giving up an early touchdown or something and it it looks like, all right, we're going to have to pass the ball. We're going to have to make this a little bit of an arms race, yada, yada, yada. I I think I could see Georgia's defense then giving up a couple of more, I don't know, I don't want to call it fluke touchdowns, but some of those bigger plays in the second half. We did our best job to try and concuss Kyle Pitts on a pretty illegal hit early in the game, and it still seemed to not matter. All right, Andrew Stevens, thank you for talking to us again, second time about this Georgia-Missouri game. And, uh, you know, it could be huge for Coach Drinkwitz in his first year to uh, to land a big fish like Georgia in his first season. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's not going to be easy. So thanks for uh, sharing what you know about this Georgia Bulldogs team. And hopefully uh, we'll have a fun one on Saturday. Yeah, if uh, this pace continues, maybe we'll get to record a third one. <laughs> that's right. That's right. How fun will that be? <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good one, Brendan. Hey, you too. Nothing, nothing. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Nothing, 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 nothing sucks like the whole state of Tennessee, the whole state of Tennessee, the whole state of Tennessee. Nothing sucks like the whole state of Tennessee except for maybe Georgia. Mine eyes have seen the rednecks and the common law affairs. Mine eyes have seen the drunkards as they're falling down the stairs. Toothless wenches babbling on of tales that share retell. Oh God, what is that smell? 
To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. The cesspool of the South. I couldn't give a hell about a worthless victory bell. I couldn't give a damn about the Red Co marching band. If I see August Bowles again upon the Jumbotron, my patience will be gone. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia Sucks. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia Sucks. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia Sucks. The cesspool of the South. Georgia Sucks. Well, hey there, Caleb. Hey, how you doing, Brennan? I'm good. I'm excited. We're putting this out late, but I'm ready to talk some football. Oh, yeah. It's a good week. You know, a big win. You know, get to gloat over it all week. It's wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, it would be wonderful if we could beat Georgia. I'm not getting my hopes up too high, but if it happened, man, this year is going to be something special. We, I just saw a couple minutes ago, Mizzou flipped a four-star receiver to their side out of East St. Louis. The quarterback from there is coming to Mizzou is also a four star. So we're up to number 19 in the nation in uh, recruiting. How about that? That's not something we're used to in the Barry Odom years. No. Or, I mean, to be honest with you, Pinkle couldn't get kids out of St. Louis and Kansas City like Drink is doing right now, you know, at the end. So it's good. I mean, lots of these kids from around here, they're good ball players and they got offers from schools like Alabama and and big-time programs, and they're choosing Mizzou. It's nice to see. So oh, b- before we get into the picks of the week, Caleb, Colin had asked me to ask you a question, and I'll do it now. Yeah. He wants to know if you were in a hypothetical situation, if you were um, at a game, or no, let's not say at a game, if you were at a restaurant or a concert, and the guy who sits to your left is wearing not only a visor, but a jersey of a college student-athlete. Oh, I'd call him out on it. I've actually done it before. On my bachelor party, we went to some horse races and uh, the Arkansas Derby, to be exact. And uh, there was a gentleman wearing a Texas Rangers baseball jersey (laughs) while I was there. And we tore him up for about 45 minutes about being a grown-ass man wearing another grown-ass man's work shirt. <laughs> like, I mean, it's even it's even worse to be, like, 50 and rocking a college kid's shirt. Like, I don't know. It's just as odd to me. Like, if I was ever to wear a jersey, like, get a throwback. Buy, like, a Stan Musial. That guy's 50 years older than you. At least you're not wearing, you know, a contemporary's work shirt. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a fucking work shirt. You know, like, you're not wearing your garbage man's shirt around. But like, yeah, that motherfucker can really garbage it up. But D, are you letting the jersey get in the way of your feelings for the visor? The visor's awful, too. There's one man in this world that can wear a visor, and it's Steve fucking Spurrier, the old ball coach. Everybody else can fucking take him off. He looks like an imbecile. I think this is exactly what Colin was hoping to hear whenever he uh, had me ask this question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a visor fan. I'm not a jersey fan. Once you're over the age of 20, the jerseys need to go in the closet or be passed down to another generation. And uh, the visor just doesn't. It's like goatees. You know, wear goatees, musicians and baseball players. Everybody else, get rid of them. You look like a fucking moron. <laughs> well, you know, Kirby Smart is a visor guy. Yeah, he's a he's a moron, too. <laughs> well, it's a southern thing. Like, 
you have that fucking head bang thing going on with your hair where you wear the bangs across it. Yeah, the Bama bangs. on a visor so people can still see your Bama bangs hanging down. Well, you look dumb with both of them. It'd be better off if you didn't put that fucking visor on. <laughs> well, why don't we, uh, we could, we could talk about visors all day long, but why don't we get into Caleb the Greek's Picks of the Week. some of that it's the bearded lady pleaser it's the best picks of the week all you sons of bitches get rich with the man all right caleb so what have you got for us this week all right first one up the military bowl we got uh, army versus navy don't usually bid this game the over-under is 35 and a half. Navy's a really good team this year. I'm saying the over. Over 30, oh, 37 and a half, sorry. Go over the 37 and a half. There will be plenty of points scored, I believe, in this game. Is this a game you care about? I feel like this is a game a lot of people like to say they care about because it sounds patriotic, but I know that, you know, I don't know if they do or not. What are you trying to say, commie? It's one of those traditions, the service if this was, If this was a South African Army versus the Liberian Army, I would care the same about it as I do that it's Army versus Navy, to be honest with you. Okay. Well, I don't think you're alone. I just don't think a lot of people want to admit it because it sounds like they're really patriotic. Support the troops, asshole. They just watch a Yeah, party. I'm not faking it. All righty. We got the over on that game. The coin is going to say uh, overheads, tails under, and the coin also likes the over. How'd you, oh, yeah. how'd you and the coin do last week? Should I bring it uh, up? We're two and two. Not it up. Two fierce rivals. <laughs> yeah, Mizzou didn't uh, cover, so it's okay. We got the win, you know? That's right. We'll take it. All right. On to the next shit game of the week. Coastal Carolina's playing Troy. The only reason you know about Coastal Carolina is they played last week and won, and they mauled the quarterback, so you saw it on ESPN. Other than that, no one knows who Coastal Carolina is besides that Dustin Johnson played golf there back in the day and did lots of cocaine. Carolina Booger Sugar. But they are favored by 13 and a half points. They win by 25 points. So don't worry about them covering that 13 and a half. It's happening. All right. So the coin has got uh, Coastal Carolina heads and Troy tails. And the coin likes Troy. Uh, maybe likes the points. I feel like early Brad Smith days, we played Troy as the first game of the year, and we were supposed to trounce him, and Troy beat our ass, and I was really sad about it. That happened, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure that happened. So, anyway, uh, I hope Troy loses this one by 25 <laughs> to make up for beating Brad Smith. Retweet. Uh, Fuck Troy. Uh, all right, we'll go to a real conference in football now. North Carolina plays Miami. North Carolina is 8-1, Miami 7-3. Both are pretty good teams, but who really knows during 2020 COVID season? Carolina's a three-point favorite, and I think you can go ahead and take Carolina to uh, get those points. Where is this one being played again? Miami, I do believe. That's interesting. If I had to bet, I would kind of want to take maybe Miami on this one. I feel like you know, seven and one, eight and one. North Carolina is still North Carolina. Maybe they're uh, due to get exposed. Basketball school. That's a possibility on there. I just feel like 
Miami likes to shit the bed this time of year when they don't have a whole lot to play for and they're not going to make it into the playoff. And North Carolina is still at 8-1. They get a little chance or something. All right, the coin is going to have North Carolina as heads and Miami as tails. And the coin likes North Carolina. So you guys get along a little better this week. Oh, that's wonderful. He wants to be friends. The best of friends. Let's bet one more. Let's stay close to home. Let's bet that Mizzou-Georgia game. How about that? All righty. Yeah, I want to know how this one's going to go. All right. Mizzou, 13-point underdog versus Uga. Actually, that line has opened up. I think it started at 11 and a half, and people are liking Georgia in this one a lot. They could cream us. 13 points seems like a lot to me. I don't know that Mizzou wins the game, but I think Mizzou covers that 13. All right, Mizzou to cover. 13, that's a big line, but I think it's probably justified. We'll find out. So the coin is going to take uh, Missouri as heads, Georgia as tails, and the coin likes Georgia. The coin does not care for Missouri. I don't think Missouri's getting a lot of Vegas love right now, which is okay. No, it's all right. We don't need it. We're sitting pretty. We're recruiting kids still. You know, the future is bright here at Mizzou. But I also saw Tennessee was ranked 17 in recruiting. We know what that means. It means they'll still suck. (laughs) (laughs) Tennessee is always garbage. Hot garbage. Fuck them. Caleb, once again, it's been... Caleb the Green. Pick of the week. Well, there you have it, another preview show, Justin Under the Wire. Yep, I tell you what, uh, sounds like uh, Mizzou is such a meaningless opponent to Georgia that we might have a chance to win. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it certainly seems to be Andrew's contention. I am nervous about all the other factors that are completely skewed in Georgia's favor. That bothers me a little sure. bit. Well, but, you know, maybe Andrew's right. and Georgia looks at us as so insignificant that they'll literally be asleep at the switch. Yeah. <laughs> One can always hope. I mean, hey, default. I'll take those wins every time. You know what I mean? It still counts on the record books. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Georgia – comes to Missouri. It's two ranked opponents now because we really didn't even talk about it. Colin Missouri is number 25 in the most recent college football playoff rankings. This is a top 25 matchup. Number nine, Georgia versus 25, Missouri, 11 o'clock in Columbia on the SEC network. So it's a pretty big day for Mizzou sports, I would say, wouldn't you, Colin? Yep. Two games to be concerned with. Oh, that's right. Saturday. Yeah, that's right. I think Illinois is number six in the country in basketball this year. It's been a while since they've been any good, but it's been a while since we've been any good. This team is uh, does not look Conzo Martin coached. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope it continues. Yeah, Missouri's four and zero on the season, and they've looked. I guess the but I think the word would be sharp, right? Like this is a yeah. first time we've seen a sharp, confident basketball team in a very long time in a Mizzou uniform. I've seen a Rock M Nation nerd make a lot of very use a lot of very subjective units of measurement to tell me that Conzo Martin is a very good coach. The measurement I like to use is wins and losses. So this is the first uh, the first season where I'm like, yeah, Conzo may may have something going on here. Yeah, well, but, I uh, think you're you'd be more than happy, happier than anyone to eat your words, right? That yes, I'll eat them with a fucking gravy on top. I would love for Conzo Martin to spend the next 10 years here kicking the fuck out of every other SEC opponent they have to face. And Illinois. 
and Illinois, especially Illinois. Yeah, this and was Kansas. If we get the chance to play them, I just I'm still skeptical because up until this season, he's like, oh, they're this guy was always like, oh, they're always prepared and they play smart and they play hard. I'm like, what have you been watching? Because most of the time when I turn on a Mizzou game up until this season, I couldn't tell what they were doing. Their offense didn't have any direction or organization or yeah, it looked any, like they were organized plan of any type that I could tell. Looked like a lot of passing it around, hoping that someone would tell them what to do. Yeah, and it looked like, you know, it looked like the game plan was get down by 20 early. <laughs> Make sure Tillman fouls out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's but anyway, I'm not as smart as, uh, you know, a guy who's coached basketball before and been around coaches and stuff. Yeah, okay. Any petty grudges you need to clear up before we sign off, Colin? No, that's all I've got, other than uh, I hope Mizzou wins at basketball, and cool. I hope Mizzou wins at football, and uh, both would make me very happy, and uh, I hope Caleb doesn't run into guys in visors. <laughs> I hope that he does. Well, he already offered to fight what's-his-name last week whenever... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff. Aubrey. So now we're going to get a visor jersey guy fight, and Caleb is going <laughs> to... Well, here's a fight in some bitch. That's right. You He's know? got fire in his blood. You can't blame Aubrey Huff for being a douchebag. He got a girl's name and it's been probably been it's it's wrecked his whole life. You know what I mean? Like it's it's turned him into the miserable human being that he is. Yeah. He's the boy named Sue, essentially. That's right. All right. Well, we're going to field again, but uh I think Mizzou stands a chance against Georgia, but I'm not particularly hopeful. Who knows? Maybe they're demotivated. It's gonna be exciting, like I said, eleven o'clock Saturday. M I Z. See you. You're not wearing your garbage man shirt around, but like, yeah, that motherfucker can really garbage it up.